You guys, it's time for more. More stories, more possibility, more growth. I have practiced vulnerability my whole life, which I know sounds crazy, but soon you'll understand it's really true. Vulnerability is a popular word these days, but I made a commitment to myself as a young girl that I would show up as myself so that those around me would feel safe to do the same. This mindset has led to deep and fulfilling friendships. And what I started to notice is what's really easy for me is actually super hard for some people. So I want to help you to gain the confidence to step out and step up and be unapologetically yourself. When we're in proximity with people, we hear their real stories and we see them through different eyes and we can't not be changed. So here's what you need to know. This podcast is about more. More possibility comes from hearing people's stories and my hope is that when you see others get real, it will give you the permission to show up as who you were created to be. This podcast is centered around friendship and better understanding and I promise you will learn, obviously laugh, and grow if you click subscribe. But first, you've got to be ready for more. You guys, I'm super excited about this interview today. Laura Leflar is an executive coach with Novus Global, an elite executive coaching firm working with top-level executives, athletes, and creatives to explore what they're capable of and create thrilling new results. In my life personally, Laura took me from living a life with no clear vision to where I am today, and I could not be more grateful. She works with individuals and teams to explore larger visions and go beyond high performance. She really digs deep, you guys. She loves to travel, spend time hiking and biking, and being in the mountains with her husband, Daniel, and their beautiful three children. They live in Calgary, Alberta. Hey, 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 Laura Leflar. How's it going? Hi, good. How are you? Good. Welcome to the podcast. Are you ready to get real? Thank you. I am always, you know, that's how I like to roll. You are my all time favorite coach, um, vision grower in people, if that was like a thing. Um, (laughs) And so I'm like, it is, it is an honor and it almost makes me teary because I have so much um, to thank you for. Um, So just to give people a little story, I know they kind of know what you do now, um, but Laura was my executive coach. I had known you my whole life, so I don't know what I was expecting, and I should have, the listeners should know that we grew up together, and I met Laura in grade eight, and I remember she had like a body like Catwoman, and I was so jealous, and then we had a crush on the same boy. Same boy who never dated me, but dated you for a while, right? Yeah, that's right. And then Sorry both- about that, but it didn't work out for either of us, so it's okay. okay. We Thank we you. left out after yeah. the fact, and we both have great husbands now, so it's all history. <laughs> all in the past, but yeah, no. So I've definitely had um, known you and loved you for a really, really long time. Um, but yeah, saw you in um, a new light in whatever year that was, 2017 or 2018, mm-hmm. as you took on the world of coaching. And I had mm-hmm. had a coach before, and so I had expectations of kind of what I thought coaching would look like but it felt like you like looked at my soul. Like it was, it was different. It wasn't, who are you going to call today? What are you going to sell today? It was, it was you noticing barriers that I didn't see. Um, And I, I even think like, so we had that first vision call. You sent me a really large, large form. And I was so annoyed (laughs) as I tried to fill it out. 
I don't, I don't do <laughs> that. I think I invite, I think I invited you to notice that afterwards on our call, how you were thinking about this questions and that was all part of the call. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's funny though, how, mm -hmm. um, I, how much vision I thought I had for my life. Yeah. So that's something that you do so well is you help people get clear. You help them unlock. I would say you unlock. Thank you. You unlocked what I thought was possible. I didn't even have hmm. um, a clue what I wanted until you said, okay, close your eyes. What, what does your best day look like? And I was like living on Vancouver Island, going, <laughs> taking my kids to school, going to yoga. I think I, I remember you articulating, I clearly wanted to lead a team. Um, because as much as I didn't know how that would work overall, I know I'm happiest doing that. And now I'm on Vancouver Island. I did yoga this morning. I took my kids to school and then I led a team yeah. all day. So yeah, uh, just oh, yeah. super cool. So I, I want to know yours is one of vision. my favorite stories. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So yeah, I wanted to talk to you about vision. Um, one of the big things with this podcast is the term confirmation bias. Have you heard much mm -hmm. about that? Yes. So I always think um, a good example of that is, oh, well, I've seen a lot of divorces lately on social media. And I think one of my things that frustrates me is I do think marriage is worth it. I do think marriage is hard. And when someone else that I feel like very, I feel very similar and I relate to them really well, when they do that, I feel like they're giving me permission to do it. And I didn't ask for that permission and I get annoyed. And so I think sometimes we look at other people and if they're playing small or um, living a certain way, we're like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. That's what I'll do too. But similarly, my dream is that someone like someone might look at me and be like, Oh, I'd really like to move to Australia, but I feel like that's impossible. And now I saw Jody make a 15 hour move. Like maybe I could go one step further and go 30 hours away because they see what's possible. So that's the whole point. And so really this could be my most important podcast ever recorded because that's like the whole basis for this podcast is how mm -hmm. people can see from someone like you helping them unlock what they really truly want in life and then taking the steps to get you there. So can you tell us a little about, bit about your journey because you were a school teacher. What grade did you teach? Right. Um, I was a French uh, specialist for elementary school. I did all the grades, uh, but mostly four, five, and six. So yeah, could you take us on a journey of what led you to change your career as a teacher and pursue coaching? I was thinking about how I, I basically achieved my dream, my whole vision, by the time I was 25. Um, when I was in school, I wanted to be a teacher, I wanted to be married, wanted to have kids, have a house. And by the time I was 25, I had done all those things. And I hit this point where I didn't really know what else I was doing. So I was teaching, but I, I, and I liked my job. I loved my school. I worked with an amazing community of people, but I wasn't finding it fulfilling anymore. Right. And as we added more kids to the house, um, I have three kids. Uh, each time I went back after a mat leave, I found it more and more difficult because I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing. And I started to have this formula that if things are hard, I must need to make them easier and I must need to eliminate things. And probably even as I say it, people are thinking, okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. 
but really um, I wasn't making things more interesting for myself. I wasn't making things more challenging towards an end that was exciting to me. The formula was just make it easier, take stress off. And so I got to the point where I decided that I wanted to stop working and stay home with my kids, right. mostly from a logistical standpoint and thinking that will make things easier, then I will feel sane. <laughs> which um, really was a fallacy. Um, right. I don't know if anyone feels sane when they're home with three little kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and I really, really enjoyed my time home with my kids, but I did also find myself surprised that where I had thought that was the answer to my frustrations, I was still not enjoying things and not feeling fulfilled and excited about my life. Um, so I got to a point where um, I felt pretty frustrated about that. I would say, you know, pretty low. And so to kind of jump back a little bit, my husband had gotten trained as a coach and he was doing strengths finder training, which I was helping with as well. We were working with couples and we kind of call um, strengths finder work uh, the gateway drug to coaching. A lot of coaches, <laughs> especially in our firm, got into strengths finder first. And then, um, so I was enjoying working with couples and, uh, someone in Novus Global who Daniel was already a part of came to me and said, Hey, would you consider doing the coaching training program? No, you're already working with couples. I think you'd be a really fantastic coach and you'd really enjoy this in your life. And it had not occurred to me at all to retrain, to do a new career, right. to do something different. Um, but I thought, okay. Um, I'm really enjoying working with couples and doing this. So if I can be better equipped to serve couples that we're working with, um, I love that idea. And I really was at this point of why not? Yeah. <laughs> because I really wasn't enjoying what I was doing. Um, so I, I stepped into doing the, the coaching training program and I, I think I didn't even know what I was fully signing up for. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that brings us kind of to the beginning of me as a coach. Um, and I thought I was mostly going to be working with couples and I have really enjoyed doing that along the way. I'm not doing that so much now, but um, as I got into it, I quickly realized I really wanted to work with individuals as well and have exactly the kind of conversation that you just described that we had. Um, it, it was like a drug. Once I realized that I could serve people like that, yeah. I... I just loved it so much and dove in fully and found myself completely reinventing who I was, choosing a new career. You know, I had really been Laura's a teacher, Laura's a mom, and all of a sudden everyone around me was going, wait, you're also a coach. What? This is so new. So yeah, it's, uh, and you know, the rest is history. So, so how many years did you teach for? Um, 10 all total, but I was gone for some mat leaves within that. Yeah. Well, I think that um, it's really interesting because I feel like so much stuff as, as you go through your life just comes full circle because a coach is a teacher, <laughs> right? So it's like, yes, it's not literacy, but, or numeracy, yes. but it is grownups and mm -hmm. their careers or obstacles they need to push through or whatever, right? Do you have a specific mm -hmm. favorite that you really enjoy working with? A favorite type of person. I mean, 
I work with people in all kinds of different careers, um, creatives, entrepreneurs at the beginning of the journey, entrepreneurs looking to scale their business, um, executives, athletes. I think it doesn't necessarily matter what career they're in. It's more the type of person. I love to coach people who are really curious about what they're capable of. Um, Cause I think we, we tend to pick a lane unless we think consciously about what lane would I like to pick? And it's okay if I want to go over here and pick this lane and um, test out how I do in this lane and see what I can do. You know, people who are really curious about that and really excited and willing to get messy and fail and figure it out and go all in that kind of person. It really doesn't matter what kind of career they're in. It's, it's that kind of person that I like to work with. That's really interesting. I would not have thought that that would be part of it, but it makes sense even with like when I hire staff at my office, there's like a certain type of personality that I definitely gravitate towards the most. And then they all call themselves my favorite. I'm like, guys, none of you are my favorite. (laughs) I said yesterday, whoever makes my job the easiest is actually my favorite. (laughs) But that's okay. So I'm kind of going a little off of our questions here because this is just getting my brain fired up. Um, When you talked about your own journey, I'm mm-hmm. so curious about how you said the lie was that you were looking for an easier life. It makes me think about when I closed my eyes and I pictured, I think, Comox on Vancouver Island. And that's where I was picturing myself jogging yeah. and, and whatever. And, and I started thinking the other day, like, I need to like sit and do that again more often just because I write stuff out. And I, mm-hmm. I, but I don't like actually picture and attach myself to the emotion of it or the feeling so that's not something that's super natural for me to live in anyway. I'm very like thinking and right. logical. So that's a good practice for me to mm-hmm. kind of think on that. I love that quote. Mm-hmm. Can you say that again? That quote? A vision is a picture of the future that creates energy in you today. Oh, like I need to write that and put it on my wall. I want to talk about obstacles that you might have had along the way. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think what we already talked about, my unwillingness to set vision right. was a big one. Um, and, and part and parcel with that, my belief that people were fixed entities. So even where I said to Amanda, um, my coach, uh, I'm not a dreamer, not a vision person. You know, that's a belief that um, from that belief, I was choosing a variety of behaviors that had set my life up to be right about that. Um, But really also um, that belief that, you know, you, you just, your personality, who you are, what you do is, is pretty fixed and kind of viewing yourself in a box. um, I didn't realize that I could just rip up the box and create a new one that you know yeah. like that wasn't a fixed thing You're like wait it's cardboard think, i can tear this down yeah exactly <laughs> um we tend to think of people as permanent um do you remember the the movie hitch where yes. he's helping the guy uh pick out this uh new outfit and the guy says you know i don't know if these shoes are really me and then will smith as hitch says you picked out those shoes, you know, you picked this out and, but you are a very fluid concept right now. And so we talk about that as coaches, um, that you are a very fluid concept. And I think I did not have that idea 
at all five years ago. Um, I thought I was fixed and I don't have permission to do something. So really my stepping into a willingness to reinvent myself. And there really has been a whole series of, of things I've reinvented in who I am, how I'm showing up in the world, what I'm choosing to do, how I'm serving people. Um, so I think the, a barrier that I got through was believing that I couldn't do that or I shouldn't do it, right. um, that I didn't have that. I mean, that they all kind of go hand in hand, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a domino effect, but really also thinking that I didn't have permission. I shouldn't do certain things like that. I should stay in my lane. You've got a degree trained to be a teacher, be a teacher. That's what you are now. You know, who are you to just reinvent yourself? Who are you to um, evolve? What's happening? I know that yeah. is not something that I, I thought about or gave myself permission to do. So that willingness to, to be messy and think, you know, it's okay for me to do this. And it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Um, I'm sure there are still people who think I should be teaching and I don't care anymore yeah. at this point it's like uh, you know people are gonna have a variety of opinions it really doesn't matter um and you get to do whatever you want so and you get up every day and you get to be excited about what you're doing i think not enough can be said about that feeling because i think even um i think so many people and i know for my, myself included only knew how to live small and, and i i respect it to a degree because my parents um definitely like we're hard workers and I think dreaming in previous generations a lot of times was definitely not accepted and definitely almost a level uh, had almost a level of selfishness to it um, in prior generations and so I know that my parents wanted us kids just to be satisfied you know don't be dis don't live a life where you're always dissatisfied and I don't think of it anymore yeah. as dissatisfied I think of myself as like a bumblebee like I am humming and I am alive and I could be extinct because you know we're always worried about the bumblebees but I think of myself as that like bumblebee like I'm I'm buzzing yeah. and I'm and I'm full of energy and I'm um you know like moving nectar is that what they do and making the world like a better place but yeah. when you like if you you can't shut off a bumblebee like they're gonna mm -hmm. keep bumbling I don't know buzzing so that's where, right? So that's bumbling why through. That's bumbling great, through yeah. life, bumbling through life. Yeah. Um, I've literally never said that about a bumblebee, but that's literally how I feel. But if you yeah. put me like what the years I spent at TV insurance, put me in a call center, I like want to die. And now that mm -hmm. I know like those contrasts of what it feels like to come alive versus how I felt in a dead end job. Oh my word. Yeah. Like, that's, that's no way to live. I think something something that ha i've realized over the last few years and in the work that i do with people is that we're all given um you know intelligence personality skills different experiences and it's really how do we want to use those fully fully participating in our life and in order to really know that um setting a larger vision because like i said you know there can be you know the guy in the basement he's got a vision so we all have a vision but you know deciding to set a higher vision or a, a bigger vision it's not it's not that it's good or bad but it does give you the ability to say hey if this is what i think i'm capable of doing 
than me fully participating, me using everything that I have, all these strengths, talents, abilities, intelligences, um, you know, maxing those out to the fullest potential um, really comes from setting that bigger picture first, right? Mm -hmm. There is a gratitude associated with that too, because it's not that I'm ungrateful for what I have, and that that's why I want to create something new, but more because I am so deeply grateful for everything I have, every connection I have, every opportunity I have to go out in the world and do things, every intelligence, skill, all these things, because I'm so deeply grateful for them. How am I going to use all of that in the world? And that's where I love with clients asking people, what is the kind of impact that you want to have on people? Yeah, you know, it's not, and, and and I want to be really clear about this, the kind of coaching that I do can help people recreate themselves, recreate their lives, exponentially increase their income and um, create all kinds of monetary results and all these kinds of things that are really handy in doing new things in the world as well. But also it's, how do you want to impact people? You know, if you can make more money and have the impact that you want to have on people, wouldn't that be amazing? Why don't we talk about how you can make that happen? You know, and that kind of thing. I think even I almost for the, for the people, for the friends of mine who I love dearly, who don't like have thoughts about, I'm going to say they don't have thoughts about this topic because they haven't heard you say your words, but something I think is I almost want to take big and small out of it and say, like, it's not about, you know, because it, someone's someone's definition of success could be an at-home mom who like just that's her jam like she wakes up every day ready to cut sandwiches into bears or whatever but also the person who decides they want to um run an orphanage they want to be the leader at big brothers big sisters to me i think i think i just want to pull anyone in who we might have lost with big and small talk and talk it's about what fires you up as a human being like you know what I yes, mean? Yes, totally. hundred percent. And what I would add to that is, um, as coaches at Novus Global, we talk about how, um, whenever we sit in front of another human being, whether they are the CEO of a fortune 500 company or an NHL player, or, you know, somebody who is just starting out after university and has not chosen what they want to do with their life, any human being Uh, we have two assumptions about them. One is that they are drastically underestimating what they're capable of. And two, that they are drastically underestimating what they're, what people around them are capable of. And and when it comes to leaders, that'll be drastically underestimating what your team is capable of. Cause we work with, with whole teams sometimes too. Right. Um, And that bleeds into the capability conversation. So our kind of coaching, we help people go beyond just high performance or what, how can you be the best at something and really lean into what am I capable of? So it has, like you said, you know, could be different things for different people at different stages of life. And even that isn't permanent. You know, what, what you're capable of when you have three small kids at home, be totally different than what you're capable of at 50 years old in a totally different stage of life. You know, like there's totally different um, phases and different across the board for people. And it comes back to, yeah, what are your 
things that you have to use to impact the world or even your ability to access how can I learn new things? How can I access right. new resources? How can I make new connections? All of that, right? So it's really into that conversation of what are you capable of? And it's, it's nobody else's place to judge whether what you're capable of is big or small or good or bad. You know, we can, we can share, hey, I have a theory that you might be playing small. Uh, that's, mm -hmm. how, that's how I'm viewing you. But that doesn't mean it's true. It's just my experience of, of, you know, you and what I'm thinking about what you're doing. But really, it's about are you really satisfied with um, whether what you're doing is really testing what you're capable of? Right. And I think a lot I of people think I hope that makes sense. I'm just, oh, I it could, does. Oh, we could, we could talk for hours. Um, I think, I think yeah. so often people grow up thinking, what can I do versus what do I want yes. to do? Right. Oh, yeah. And I think mm -hmm. one of my big things is I grew up knowing that God gave me the desires of my heart. And at like yeah. 17 years old, I was like, I want to speak. I want to speak to teens, mm -hmm. to people, to whatever. And at the time I remember thinking, okay, this is like, I feel like God's put this on your heart. You have a really big vision for that. But at the time I was like, you need a lot more wisdom. And it's so interesting. And I knew, like, I don't know if that was God's voice saying that, or if it was just my own logic, I don't know, but I knew I needed mm -hmm. more wisdom. And it's so interesting now at 38, like 22, 21 years later to see that all these things I really knew was the desire of my heart way back when that I'm seeing how they play out now you have a process that you do with people and it's like an excavation. You are just asking questions that help them articulate what it is they want. Because unless they sit and do some of these activities, they're like me, like there's mm -hmm. something they see that's way bigger, but like what's in between now and that vision down the road. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what's yeah. important is people feel hopeless, but it just means they have to yeah. sit and do the work to get to, to understand what the legwork is. Yes, you have everything in you um, already to do what you are capable of doing. Uh, the, the coaching space, you know, we call it holding a space, holding a powerful right. space for you to uncover that. I'm not a consultant. Um, I don't tell people what they should do. I don't give people advice. Um, I ask them questions that are designed to help them excavate what that answer is for themselves and then what would be the next step and what would be the next step after that and what would it take um who would you need to become in order to make that happen and then we can talk about what is involved with that what would that kind of person do mm -hmm. right and and it just it, a series of questions that start opening up doors and um we also talk in our work about how this one always makes me laugh um vision is like underwear elastic um, so when you stretch it out, it doesn't go back. Oh, geez. So <laughs> it's like underwear elastic after Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so once you invite someone into possibility and that's what I do as a coach is yeah. invite them. Or like I used that term a minute ago with Amanda calling me forward, you know, I'll invite them into believing that more is possible and what would you like to be possible? And let's start talking about that, right? And yeah, um, our brains so desperately want to be right that we can give our brain something worth being right about. 
And then yeah. our brains will go to work figuring out how to be right about that. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a really fun space to be in with people because, um, I will regularly have people tell me this is not possible. This is, you know, right. I'm this, I can't that. It's like, yeah, what if you could? And I'm that annoying voice who goes, you know, yeah. what if you could though? What would it take? Right. And, and once that thought starts, once the door opens, once the underwear elastic stretches out, you can't go back. I think your voice is in my head more than anyone else I know. <laughs> like I'm dead serious. I'll think to I myself. So honored by that. Oh, it's so funny. Like I noticed, I wrote down how, cause you are more black and white than me about permission. You said permission like four times. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and yeah, oh, that I was, was a huge barrier for me. Right. But I was thinking yeah. even with moving, cause I was going to say, that's so funny because I don't look for permission. And then I was like, no, because I definitely wanted the permission of my family to move to Vancouver Island. So that's where I was like, but I, I noticed that we coached word. around that a lot. We coached around that a lot. Cause that was a huge yeah. barrier for me. And I felt yeah. like a real serious attachment to needing, I needed to make people feel happy about my decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's still something I had something mm-hmm. the other day that someone really disagreed with my choice. And I literally said to them, this is good for me that you're disagreeing because I've heard your opinion and now I'm going to walk away from it because your opinion is none of my business. And it's funny how people like want you to think like that until it's with them. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. But it, it was like, I knew, I knew how I felt in my own conviction and I yeah. wasn't willing to own their perspective on it. And I just said it out loud. Cause I was like, I've heard you. I'm going to walk away yeah. from this. Right. And I but, make up that that was growth for you, you know, at some point in your life to step into doing that. And, and if we can talk about that barrier you just mentioned for a minute, um, you, what we coached around was around how that was your choice to see that as a barrier. Right. It's not a barrier because it's a barrier. It was your choice to see it. You know, I'm making up the story that this is a barrier. And so we talked about, you know, what if you removed that as a barrier? What experience would you want to have around you right. moving? And, you know, what experience you're creating for yourself in your life, um, what experience would cause less suffering would cause, you know, you to feel excited and happy. And I think we, t- we had those kind of conversations. And so it was the ownership that you took to step into choosing something else. Mm-hmm. Not that you overcame an obstacle, you made the slight adjustment. And that's the power of this kind of work is that often the things that we think are roadblocks, we're putting there ourselves out of our own self-limiting beliefs or, you know, the way we view the world. And so getting outside perspective is so helpful on that because it's like, okay, great. So what do you want to do about that now? Right. Totally. We can make choices based on our vision. It's like drawing a line in the sand and then the wave just washes it away. And you're like, Oh, it was just Mm -hmm. a line in the sand. It wasn't a wall. It wasn't something I physically had to do. And, and I think, but what I noticed was I literally was up in the night feeling physically ill about my choice to own and step away from someone else's opinion. It is like, literally, yeah. I'm wondering now with the book I'm reading about, um, about your imprinting on your DNA and the science science behind it is if it's something from like my mom's life or my grandma's life or my dad's family's life where I am like, so like it's a physiological response in my body. And I don't get that a lot. 
And that's a people pleasing. That's um, a desire to make everyone else be okay with my choices. But I'm learning that if I'm okay with, if God and I are okay, you know, and I'm honoring, um, if I'm living my life in a way that honors like my values, I'm okay to step away yeah. from other people's opinions, but it's still hard. Like it's not yeah. easy. Yeah. And I think it, it comes down to what you're committed to, you know, exactly. and sometimes we'll hit um, something where we'll realize we're, we have competing commitments. Yeah. So my, my habit up until now in my life was to keep other people happy through my choices, for example. Right. You know? um, and people are not telling me that they're happy or, or maybe it's not even they're telling me, maybe it's, you know, I'm making up that they're not happy with my choices, but you know, it's, uh, now that, um, is competing with my commitment to take the next forward step forward in my vision to move to Vancouver Island or whatever it is for other people. And then we get to look at the competing commitments and say, great, which one's more important? And it's not a right or wrong or good or bad. And sometimes even pressing into vision can really clarify for us what we're committed to. You might yeah. have reached a point where you go, you know what? I always thought I wanted to live on Vancouver Island, but now I've decided that, you know, I'm so committed to cold weather in Leduc that I don't <laughs> actually want to, <laughs> you know, oh, or whatever it is. Yeah. But, but at least that's clarifying. And then you get to realize what you're committed to. And then from that framework, decide what you want to create within that. And at least it takes you forward. There's forward movement, right? And so that's, I mean, either way, that's a win. I love that. I saw these, I saw on um, Instagram and it's, it's a wooden art thing you can buy from this vendor online, but it says, um, the world needs who you were created to be. The world needs you to be who you were created to be. And it's huge. It goes like all the way down your wall and I'm going to get it and put it by the kitchen table. Cause I just want those kids to step every day. If they're, you know, if they were brought into the world on purpose, there's a purpose for their life and God has a plan for them. And I just want them to know that and always be yeah. like seeking and asking, you know, and getting clear. Colston, I asked yesterday yeah. what they want to be when they grow up. Colston wants to own a dog rescue. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, yeah, that's so yeah. cool. And well, yeah. can I share something that comes up for me with that saying? Yes. Uh, so the world needs you to be who you're created to be. And I think that we never really get to the end of that. You know, yeah. we really are always in the process of discovering who that, who we are created to be and, and, you know, the fullness of all of these talents and abilities that I have. Um, and, and the word that comes up for me with that is expansive that we, as, as people, we yeah. are, created to be expansive beings, always learning, always growing, always challenging ourselves, always finding something else that we're willing to suffer for because we're passionate, you know, um, that to me, that is a full abundant kind of life. I don't think you ever really meet somebody who's 80 and who's like, yeah, you know what? I've learned it all and I'm done who's living a full abundant life. You know, it's, it's the 95 year old who's taking up a new hobby, who is <laughs> embodying that, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. So anyway, I think though, too, with that, like you and I are both Christian women, we share the same faith. 
Um, but I think, mm-hmm. I think so often in the, the style of church, whether we grew up in or the Christian church of the nineties, I don't know. So often it felt like this sort of talk would have been selfish. And I think one of my thoughts is totally, like I absolutely, I absolutely um, shut that down. And I would say, if you are living totally comfortably your whole life, you don't need God as fiercely as you do if you're stepping out. And God wants us to seek him with all our hearts. And you don't do that unless there is a level of intensity. You know what I mean? Like I still seek him every morning, Mm -hmm. even when I'm not like stressed, but the way I hang on to him, when I know that I'm about to do something outside of myself, I need him more. And he created us to need him. And so that's where in my heart, I'm like, I just can't step away from the fact that he has lots for our lives that is beautiful and makes us a little nervous and grows us and attaches us closer to him, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, I was just going to say that framework, that framework really works well for you with how much you love to grow, you know, yeah. that, that all, that all works really well together. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So some last fun questions. So, okay. Let me see what I haven't asked you. What would you want the world to know from your story? So much more is possible than you're even thinking. Even, you know, what you think is realistic is just what you have decided is realistic. Um, So much more is possible in the course of a year than you can even imagine. When you said, you know, how could it possibly be only two years ago when you start living into really creating results and accomplishing things, you know, you'll just surprise yourself with how much you can create. Well, even like my start today journal, one of the things I have on my list of goal, like dreams I haven't achieved or whatever, I tweaked it recently. And someone was like, I don't know, someone said something about being a mogul. And I was like, oh, you know what I'd do if I could like grow bigger and reach further? I'm like, I would have a foundation that frees like women and children from human trafficking. And then I added that list and it says, my foundation helps free women and children from, from slavery. Like, it was just so funny that I was like, yeah. I should write that down. And now I have to buy like getreal.org because like, this could be a thing where people like, you know what I mean? It was just really funny how it just, there takes, you go. Underwear elastic, right? Yep. Just takes a spark. Yeah. And now I write that down every yeah. day. Cause I'm like max value. What would I want my influence to be? I just want to love the crap yeah. out of people. I want to love them, love them, love them and care for them. And who do I love more than women and children? No one. Like I just, I fire up in my heart about them and teenagers. They're just like so messy, so much mess there. Okay. (laughs) What's one word to describe your journey? Unexpected. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I didn't expect it. I don't think people around me expected it the reinvention of myself that has come through my journey to coaching and the various people that I've served um, to, yeah, to become who I needed to become to serve the people who I decided I wanted to serve. Um, The growth has just been unprecedented for me. So yeah, I, yeah, I really unexpected. And I didn't end up, I mean, even where I thought I was going to work with couples and the the people I thought I'd work with to where I am now and the kinds of people that I'm getting to talk to, absolutely unexpected. Well, I'm going to get really real now because that like made me really emotional. 
that word, um, I think about how I want that on my wall to say the world needs who you were created to be. And I think about like, had you not stepped up to that, had you not Mm -hmm. taken that call forward and had you kept doing what was easy, I might be doing what's easy. And just how like much ripple effect there is. Like I could just cry. Like I just, that like, just like, that's where I feel like this is, there's so much more purpose and, and the way that we even the way our stories, not just you and I, but people weave together. And that's the whole premise of this podcast is real stories, real people, real possibility. And it's true. Like, had you not stepped forward in that call, my life could look totally different. And that, that didn't hit me until you just said that, like yeah. unexpected, like, mm-hmm. oh, that mm-hmm. just gives Thanks me for sharing that. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. That's like, oh, that's like a doozy. What do you want the world to know about coaching? I think I want the world to know, hmm, that's a good one. Uh, nobody needs a coach and absolutely everybody can benefit from one. Um, I think, you know, we, we all, you, you will sometimes hear people say, oh, I don't need a coach. And it's like, no, you don't need a coach. You'll absolutely benefit from having one. Um, when we're talking about testing what you're capable of, it's really hard to do surgery on yourself. Um, and so, you know, uh, I've had a coach consecutively since that first conversation with Amanda. I have never had a period where I don't have a coach because um, I, as I consistently press into what I'm capable of, I want someone inviting me to notice what my brain is keeping me blind to, right? And I can't do that alone. So I would want people to know that it's not, it's not something you need, like you need oxygen and water and, you know, all those kind of things. You will absolutely benefit from it. That's amazing. And one of my favorite things, because I recently referred my mother-in-law to you, um, but one of my favorite things too is I remember um, I was, a branch manager of two offices and an insurance manager before that. And another girl in it with us was succession planning her ranch. And it was just like, so, so random. But my whole thing was, it's like, Laura's helping people figure out where they're going and then get there. It doesn't matter. It's like Mm -hmm. you said, it's more the person. And I know even you've said Mm -hmm. before, like, well, if if I'm not the right fit for this person, there'll be someone else at at Novus global that would be a good fit for them. And that's Mm -hmm. so cool. Like you have to like jive together. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And that's a benefit of working in a team. Um, we're a bit unusual that way. Most coaches are solopreneurs, but we have a team so that we can serve a variety of people at a variety of rates, um, yeah. doing different things in their lives. Different coaches are better fits for different types of things. And yeah, it's, it's great. I love that. I think that's awesome. Um, okay. What's one thing you would tell 16 year old Laura? Oh, Oh, you knew 16 year old Laura. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I would want to tell her it's okay to be messy and to not know what you're doing all the time. You know, I think the, the vision that I shared with you, what, you know, and I don't think I even would have necessarily articulated it, but, you know, I want to be a teacher. I want to be mom. I want to be married. You know, uh, that was so neat and tidy. I know how to go to university and become a teacher. I'm in university, then I do these things, then I do a practicum, then I get a certification, then I'm a teacher. You know, I liked everything to be so tidy and I really wonder what I would have done. And it's not that I regret at all, 
but I really wonder what I would have done if I gave myself permission to pursue what I really wanted to, not that I didn't want to do education, because at the time I was really excited about that, but, you know, if I was allowing myself to step into things and not know how it was going to work out and not know where it was going to go. I remember when people would tell me, oh, you know, I'm getting a Bachelor of Sciences, and I think, but you don't know what you're going to do with that afterwards. How do you just get a degree and not know what the end game is, you know? So I think if I could go back and let myself be messy, I would create a lot more, and I would have grown at a more rapid rate then. Yeah. That's really, that's really interesting. I think too, that's the fifth time you've said permission. I would like to invite you Mm. to notice that you're always looking for permission. Absolutely. It's been a huge, huge theme. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. It's been a huge theme in my life and not that it's, um, not that it's gone away from me necessarily, but I'm usually more aware of it. Um, now and that you're exemplifying right now the benefit of having a coach because I didn't actively choose to use that word, but the way that I talk reveals how I think about things and, oh, and the same for you and for any yeah. person that I talk to. So the fact that you're noticing that in my speech, you know, it's still there. It's just something I'm now aware of. Um, so yeah, good catch. Well, and Coach Laura in my head is mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I make up that maybe you don't need permission. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was like this, but this is how you're always in my head. And yesterday, I forget what it was I was thinking about in the house and I was walking through the house and I will like ask myself a question and then I will coach myself on like what you would say. I think one of my favorite things you said, and I think this was one of the last times we talked when I said, you said, what would you do if you knew what to do? Or do you remember that? Was that you? (laughs) It was like, what would you tell yourself Mm -hmm. when I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. And you're like, Hey, but if you knew what to do, what what if you did know? Yeah. What if you did know? Yeah. And also what you're if, like, Oh, what if you did know? <laughs> you're like, Oh, I'm going to tell myself I'd probably, Oh wait, there's an answer. <laughs> it's just a story. I'm telling myself that I don't know. It's a belief. Yeah. Yeah. I do that all the uh-huh. time now with my staff. They're like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, okay, but if you did know what to do, what would you do? They're like, Oh, well I would blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's like, that's the funniest, weirdest, <laughs> weirdest trick to play yeah, on people. But is, I love which it. Which is really which is really the person saying, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this is a good yeah. way to do it. And it's like, great, go test that out. See how it goes for you. Or that's a great first draft. Let's upgrade it, you yeah. know, and giving yourself permission to kind of create a draft. Absolutely. What yeah. is saving your sanity right now? What is saving my sanity? Well, um, I, I know you're going to say charcuterie. Board. I was just going to say that. I was going to be like, I know it's saving your life. Every day you're like, get the charcuterie board oh. for lunch. I'm like, I wish I could eat at your house. It looks so good. But you know why? You know why though? They're a, they're the easiest thing in the world. You just throw a bunch of stuff on there and you're done. And B, we have a variety of food sensitivities and stickiness in our house. And so I can put a bunch of things that, you know, I'm able to eat. My son is able to eat and we can do that um, in a a really accessible way. But yeah, they're very, very easy. They have absolutely been saving my life in the summer. Um, This is maybe a, I don't know if this is the kind of answer you're looking for, but I recently hired an assistant and I did that before I felt ready to do that. But I'm telling you, she has been absolutely saving my life because now things that were on my mental load are taken care of and I get awesome. more brain space freed up. And so that has been a huge game changer for me. And there's no self-made person. 
that's what I think. It's always like a team of people, a spouse, yeah. people helping you. Mm -hmm. So I love that. That's, and I think that'll benefit you in so many more ways, even just the connection with that person. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Huge shout out to Renee. Renee. We love you, Renee. I yeah. think too, even Best. like I used to be really insecure about getting someone like paying someone to paint my Airbnb, paying someone to weed the front of my yard. Yeah. And what I started to realize was I'm like, Oh, maybe I actually like providing other people with income. <laughs> like it was, I was so like yeah. insecure about the fact that I wasn't doing it myself. And then I realized when I saw how thankful they were for the work and that they're like, if there's anything else, like, let me know. I'm like, Oh, there's tons of stuff to do at the Grimm's house. So it's funny yeah. how, like how yeah. that sort of stuff shifts. Right. Um, I gave myself yeah. per permission, yeah. gave myself some yeah, permission. Absolutely. Um, what are you committed to? Yeah. What am I committed to? Where can my listeners there's so many, there's millions of listeners. Where can my <laughs> millions of listeners find you, Laura Leflar? I'm on Instagram. My account is private because I post pictures of my kids and I just like to keep that private. But yep. um, I can tell if you're not a creepy bot that's looking to follow me. So if you find me on Instagram and you would like to follow along, for coaching content and life content, I'm absolutely going to say yes to um, you following. So that's at Laura Leflar and Facebook, same uh, name and LinkedIn as well. Um, and you can also check out the Novus Global website. My website is not up and live yet, but um, Novus, N-O-V-U-S dot global. And if you're interested in connecting with someone at Novus Global, you can also go through the website and, and get in touch with anyone from my team there as well. Um, and yeah, if anyone is interested at all in this conversation, whether you want to just chat more or have a coaching call for yourself, um, either me or someone that I work with can absolutely give you a no cost space for you to do that. No pressure, not salesy at all to explore what, um, yeah, what a larger vision would look like for you. What are you capable of? Where have you been holding yourself back? Um, what are the things you're believing? All that kind of stuff um, in a really non-threatening kind of space. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, I love you, obviously, so very much. Love you too. So. Love you too. Thank you so much for having me. This was a total honor to do for you. Talking to Laura is always such a treat. I hope you're leaving today ready for more, encouraged and inspired, wanting to spend your beautiful life doing something great. I hope you enjoyed this. Please like and subscribe, share this with a friend, and we will be back here next week for more, more, more inspiration, more real stories, more vulnerability, more courage. Can't wait to talk to you.